Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nation. Trace Trilco here. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Only on the Suns charge on tour exclusives. The boat sails into the bay and there's another Johnson in the football locker room. Let us welcome in the Sons of UCF Adam and Mike Gentlemen, Happy Thursday to you. How many boats do you think actually sail into Green Bay? Is that doesn't seem like it's a it's a very um, crowded port for the uh, the boats. But either way, good to see Blake find uh, find an NFL home. Yeah, he's the big cheese now in Wisconsin, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, may be gone soon. He may be the the starting uh, quarterback soon. (laughs) That might be. Uh, Some big news uh, breaking on uh, Thursday. You know, it's nice that we have this show when we do because there seems to be a lot that has happened uh, after you guys record the pod on Monday night. Uh, FCS All-American linebacker Bryson Armstrong out of Kennesaw State transferring to UCF, another boom from Coach Malzahn. He is the Associated Press All-American team, Big South Defensive Player of the Year. Seems to be a big get. Let's pair that with the Notre Dame transfer, a five-star wide receiver uh, that commits to UCF. That's uh, Mr. Johnson. What do you think of those two uh, transfer announcements coming in the last 24 hours? I'll start with a linebacker. Obviously, it's a position of, of need for us from a depth standpoint. So adding a, a quality guy, a guy who's played a bunch of years, um, his film looks impressive. Again, it's against you know certain talent, so I guess you don't know what you're getting there. But it's definitely a position that we could use some depth in. Uh, we've certainly shored up the D line, but the D line, you know, potentially will funnel these guys to the linebackers who have to make tackles. So to get another guy in there that's got some experience doing that sounds like a win-win for uh, for us, um, at least on the defensive side. And he only has one year left, right? He's a grad transfer. So it must be somebody that Malzahn feels can make an impact right away. He's not, some, he's not just giving away scholarships. He's not just giving away roster spots to somebody that's going to come in and, and hang out for a year. So this kid must have the goods. And he, Malzahn and his staff have seen something on tape that they like. And then uh, Jordan Johnson. I guess he was a five-star wide receiver until he comes to UCF, and he's already been knocked down a star. Is that is that how that goes? Uh, we've seen that before. Uh, he chooses UCF over the Gators. Uh, Missouri, Texas A&M uh, gives us some more depth there. Speaking of another wide receiver, Titus, our Hawaiian uh, incoming wide receiver, named the Player of the Year at Hawaii, an award previously won by one Mackenzie Milton and also Dylan Gabriel. So congratulations to him. Uh, the Notre Dame transfer, though, uh, some more depth in the wide receiving core. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, obviously, he did not play a bunch last year. If you read the reports about him, it sounds like there were some academic issues earlier in the season. Um, I have a buddy of mine who's a big Notre Dame fan. I actually texted him and I said, hey, what do you know about this kid? And he said, um, never clicked the Notre Dame, struggled uh, with school, struggled with the playbook, didn't have a great attitude. Uh, it sounds like he turned that around the, in the late part of the season, played in two games, special teams player. Obviously has the measurables, obviously has the things that got him a five-star rating, now a four-star rating. Uh, talent doesn't hurt. Getting more of it doesn't hurt. And I think the, a, a lot of you know the, uh, the signaling for this now is, hey, UCF's getting these four 
four and a half, I guess, five-star guys to, to come down there. Will this begin the process of other guys looking at UCF, other players who want to get out of their situation or kids straight out of high school? Um, you know, all it takes is one. And I guess we'll see if this is the guy to do that. Um, it's it's funny, Missouri fans, Brian Peterson saying that right now, Missouri fans are really salty over him choosing UCF over Missouri. So obviously the kid's got talent. A Missouri guy could have gone to Missouri. I think it just speaks to what we know from Gus despite the fact that he may or may not have a restraining order against Mike from last night, he seems to connect really well with a lot of kids and kids want to play for him so much. So this Johnson spurned his hometown team to go to UCF. I think that's a, that's a good sign. And hopefully it's the beginning of a, a five-star pipeline to UCF. I'm hopeful with this kid, but I'm a little weary of guys coming over from Notre Dame. We've had a few of them. I think we've had more misses than hits. Obviously Brandon Wimbush came in, didn't have much of an impact. I remember our wide receiver that was a four-star years ago named Richard Jackson came in. He was supposed to have the best hands in the world. I think he caught two passes for us in the time he was here. We've had Parker Boudreaux. Parker Boudreaux was a nice player, but never even got to finish his career. He went off to, to be a wrestler. So it's not like we've had a lot of Notre Dame guys come in here and be superstars. Just because they're coming from Notre Dame doesn't mean uh, they're the best players in the world. But hopefully this guy is the best of the group. Perhaps, right, but you still would rather get guys transferring in from Notre Dame that choose UCF over the Gators and other schools, and as Adam mentioned, the signaling, right? You just want to keep sending that message. I don't pay as much attention to the recruiting done by other schools, but is everybody else getting these big booms of uh, wide receivers and others choosing to leave big-name schools for their program? Right, that's that's good for UCF. We mentioned uh, Blake Bortles signing with Green Bay, heir apparent now to uh, Aaron Rodgers. The news this afternoon, Mike Hughes traded from Minnesota to Kansas City. Uh, so he uh, now goes to the uh, AFC. Otis Anderson uh, has hooked on with the Tennessee Titans in their rookie minicamp. And the NFL schedule was released and a uh, lot to study in that. A lot of interesting matchups, of course. Uh, but if you want to see Gabe Davis, who was out at the Harry Buffalo Saturday night following Orlando City soccer game, uh, he's going to come to Florida three times. Buffalo has games in Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, and Miami. Not bad. You can pick up a, a Gabe Davis game somewhere in the state or collect all three. Well, a couple of things. I, I don't know if Blake's the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. That's probably Jordan. That's probably Jordan Love, to be fair. But if something maybe doesn't not, work out, if Jordan something Love. doesn't work out this year with A Rod and he ends up someplace else, uh, maybe Blake gets some starts this year while they uh, kind of groom um, Jordan Love along. Mike Hughes is interesting. Obviously, first round pick. He's had uh, just a rash of injuries. Um, in Minnesota, Kansas City, obviously a fantastic team. Well, you know, obviously they had need. He's, he's got some some depth maybe that they can add. Their secondary wasn't fantastic towards the end of last year, so maybe he's got some playing time there. And the Gabe Davis tour romping its way through Florida. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's never a bad thing. I can't wait, though. I don't know if Mike has it prepared for us tonight. If not, check out the podcast. Mike does a great job of finding the UCF NFL uh, crossover scheduling game. So where you can maybe go to a road game and then catch an NFL game. So I'm not sure if Mike has that tonight. But if not, I'm sure he'll be working on it over the weekend. I actually got home late last night. I, I saw the Giants schedule. I didn't see which games lined up with the UCF games. That's the first thing I checked. But then, yeah, I'll check over to see which UCF players play in which cities. Maybe make a road trip. Maybe somebody's playing against the Eagles the weekend. We're playing against Temple. You catch two things at once. It usually works out once or twice a year. And, and then you pick a good city. I don't think – where else are we traveling to? We're not going to New Orleans this year. I think Philadelphia is one of the big cities that we have um, NFL-wise. I'm not sure. But uh, going back to Blake, he's won two playoff games since 2017, the same number of – that Aaron Rodgers has won in that same time period. So, I mean, the guy just needs a break somewhere where he can get some playing time. I don't know if this is it, but if Aaron Rodgers does find his way out of Green Bay, he's right there. He's moving his way up the depth chart. It is certainly an interesting place for him to have landed. Well, this week's big question involves you, Mike. I asked on Twitter, what do you want Mike to ask Timo and Coach Malzahn at the first stop on the charge on tour? Uh, some of the answers we'll see if you – followed through on any of these at T Mazer. You're going to start scheduling two for ones to get some major names on our schedule at D A R E Zim. Uh, also asking about football scheduling also wants to know about uh, the uh, lazy river. Has that been scrapped? Last time I was out at the stadium, it's just, uh, uh, you know, some sand, the same sand left over from that introductory press conference and our friend at lonely B UCF with the question, no doubt, Adam, you like this. When are you putting soccer jerseys on sale? That's what he wants to know from uh, T 
Timo and for Gus as one of the most influential UCF figures, can you put pressure on Terry to sell soccer jerseys? So we shift over to you, Mike. Did you ask any of those things? You were the star of the, uh, the show Wednesday night. I had all my questions prepared before you did this. So I didn't change anything up, but a lot of the questions I did already have on there. So we did discuss the um, scheduling. I didn't exactly say two for ones, but we, went into, we got into depth on the scheduling. I think you're going to get a couple surprises there. Um, I asked him about the Peach Bowl outing, the golf tournament with, with Malzahn. We discussed that. The uh, What was the other one? I, I didn't get into the soccer jerseys. And, uh, shocking. Uh, shocking you did not get into soccer jerseys. <laughs> he got into but other I, stuff, but soccer jerseys could make the cut. <laughs> I, I'm curious. It was at the some place called the Funky Buddha. Uh, you had uh, – and what, what did he have? Did he have – water did he have a, a soda uh, let me, you know let's go to the videotape here trace <laughs> i think we may have some yep there it is i think we've got ah! mike there looking longingly <laughs> at what appears to be a he described it as a peanut butter flavored beer which peanut butter um, just I, yeah i don't like peanut butter so that sounds dreadful to me mike but um I'm, I'm assuming uh you uh you enjoyed it um i'm not sure if that's the only one you had there i see a beer bottle on the table i'm not trying to say anything about that but i'm just pointing out the facts uh, the beer was called Sticky Nuts. It, it was it was pretty tasty. It tasted like peanut butter. Our, our, our friends, Paul Jones and Trina, they actually bought me the first one. So shout out. Thank you to you guys. And then I liked it so much, I ordered another one for myself. I only had two. Took it easy. Uh, that other beer that's there, that's our friend UCF Probs, who ended up sitting next to me. It's so like your daughter that, that's drinking his that one. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> She's got a water bottle. I think you can see it in the shot there, too. But yeah, very very nice time hanging out last night. So what were your reactions? What did you think? Uh, talk about your conversation with uh, Coach Malzahn. Yeah, I mean, Coach Malzahn, very pleasant guy. He did just give me a lot of coach speak answers, which is to be expected. I tried to probe him a little <laughs> bit here and there. We did get into the uh, tank top a couple times. So <laughs> tune in for sure. You're going to want to hear about that. Uh, and, you know, I, I hit him with some other questions. Maybe he was not prepared for it, and he kind of gave me one of those uh, – you asked some interesting questions, kind of like, you know, he, he didn't really want to give me an answer, but I did my best with him. Uh, Timo, Timo was fantastic. T Terry Mohajer, great personality. You could see why he was hired. The guy's got the it factor when it comes to dealing with people and talking to people. Made my daughter feel really comfortable. Uh, my daughter is very shy at times, and uh, she wasn't talking to anybody when we first got there. Timo came over, started talking to her, got her to speak a little bit. So that was nice. And I did sit down with Johnny Dawkins also. One of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet, Coach Dawkins. So three for three on the interviews. I think it went pretty well. Did you uh, mention to Coach Dawkins that there have been times where you've put him on the hot seat? Did that come up? He did not. No, <laughs> that didn't come up. In fact, wait till you guys hear how, wait till you hear how Mike ended that interview. It'll be – the two gods are strong in you, Mike. I didn't say the words hot seat, but I did ask him about the struggles this season and, and what, what led to some of the losses, you know, things I would have liked to see corrected. But, you know, it's been a couple months since the season ended. I don't want to get too in-depth on it with him. But, uh, I mean, look, I always like Johnny. He's a very nice guy. I just hope – and he, he mentioned himself when he was speaking to the crowd that this team needs to be back in the, in the big tournament, the big dance, and that's all I'm expecting to. Well, first, right, Adam, a couple so we things. get the full interviews, right? We get the full interviews tonight. We'll get or? some. First, oh. I got a lonely, lonely bumblebee again with the comment of the of the of the night. I just want someone to look at me the way Mike looks at his beer. <laughs> lonely bumblebee always comes strong. I think we have a couple of uh, a couple of cuts we can play here. Mike talked about um, some of the things Malzahn said. A little coach speak ish. Uh, here's a little uh, clip of Mike and Gus talking quarterbacks. I don't think we're breaking any news when we say Dylan's going to be the starter going into the season. But we all know you're only one play away from having to put that next guy in. How comfortable are you with the other guys on this roster? And who impressed you the most over the spring? Yeah, I tell you what, I was impressed with really all three of the other scholarship quarterbacks. And, you know, we went live, uh, which I don't know another program in the country that let their quarterbacks go live in the spring. But I wanted to evaluate the guys. I wanted to see what they could do under fire, how they responded to pressure, uh, who could create and uh, it was really good. It gave, gave us great information. But I will tell you this. I mean, we're going to have some quality depth to that position. Uh, it'll be a dogfight in fall camp to kind of see the order. But, uh, you know, I was, I was, overall I was impressed with all three of them. 
No breaking news there, obviously, um, Dylan Gabriel. He didn't really offer a much of an answer in terms of the order after Dylan Gabriel mentioned, obviously, what you'd expect. That would be open competition. Uh, I think we'd all speculated that we really liked what Mikey Keene did during the spring. Does he vault to that third position? Parker Navarro is still there. He played well at times. We all assume Quadri's the backup. Uh, and we seem to have enough room for about 412 transfers, so maybe one of those guys come in as well. But uh, certainly didn't answer the question, Mike, but uh, definitely seems confident in, in uh, what he's got in the quarterback room right i didn't think he was actually gonna name a, a second a backup quarterback but it would have been nice if he, if he gave, dropped a name to somebody that played well in the spring and uh, my, my daughter got a little wobbly there with the camera she kind of went off to the side a little bit but water right Mike? Seconds. water yeah <laughs> it's a low budget uh, uh production over here at the sun's ucf any you know any yeah, the other guy that was there the other guys there had, it was an espn camera he had a good setup with it tripod and everything and i had a seven-year-old holding an iphone 7 kind of just trying to keep her attention on us that's how we do it here well so that's that's <laughs> one um cut but you talked about terry mohajer and scheduling that's been a huge topic of conversation and uh, you had a chance to talk to him directly more about that and here's uh some interesting comments i think like you said timo's pretty upfront, and i think his comments here are pretty frank and uh uh pretty uh you know pretty straight on so you've been in town now for a couple months i'm sure there's been a lot of questions about UCF scheduling the last few years. How soon can we expect Alabama or even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to appear on the schedule? Patriots. <laughs> Tampa Bay is too good right now. Uh, no, uh, but anyway, no, you know, we're behind in scheduling to be candid with you, and we're doing everything we can to get teams on the schedule. Um, I think there's going to be some exciting news for our fans here in the next, uh, you know, few weeks. And uh, hopefully it comes – I don't want to announce it because I don't know – I don't have a contract yet, so I always get a little leery about announcing anything without a contract. But uh, I haven't got a commitment. And I think it'll be – I think it'll really help us for recruiting. It'll help, help that school. And um, we're excited about it. So we're still trying to get some games. We just uh, signed a contract with FAU. Um, uh, so we're going to go down there and play because we needed games, and it fits in well with our schedule that we could go on the road. Um, and so and they'll come back in a few years, and it just just happened to work out that way. Um, and so uh, we'll continue to we'll continue to uh, burn up the phones, man. That so we're not like sure a little if, bit of news, right? Yeah, we're not sure if he broke news there. I don't know if the FAU home and home had really been announced, but sounds like if I heard that correctly, a home and home with FAU. He didn't offer the years of that uh, particular series, but uh, a home and home sounds like Timo is announcing with FAU, which again, it's a good travel game. You know, FAU's got you know, Willie, the bus driver down there. Uh, so it's always fun to go up against him. And I would say a nice trip. I know Mike's probably pretty geeked about that because it's right in his backyard. It's a, you know, it's a good, hopefully they figure out how to get people in the stadium this time because that obviously was an issue last time. Uh, so good to play some in-state rivals. And it sounds like he, I, I feel like if Mike had just maybe hit him over the head, maybe given him one of those uh, sticky nuts situations, maybe he would have told us who that other team is. I don't know. But it sounds like we've got something in the pipeline that he feels pretty confident about. Uh, he told me off air I'm not allowed to disclose to you guys. Uh, it's got to be a secret. So it, it's a big name. Big, big name. Um, but the FAU one, you know, Timo used to work for FAU. He was, what, the associate AD for a few years. He helped them get their stadium built. So I'm sure the ties he had with them kind of helped making that deal. Didn't give us the years, but it is coming up soon. Ah, uh, Cossack advisor. Cossack gets in there. He, he's, he saw Mario's work this evening and wanted to get in there. But that's not all. So you, you guys had a bunch of questions. And if, if you guys want to know stuff, UCF Mike is the guy to go to. So uh, there, there was no question that was off the table. One of the hotly debated questions we've heard a bunch is, what the hell is Malzahn going to wear this year? Who the heck would ask Gus Malzahn that? Mike would. All right, let's get to some serious stuff now. Your game day attire. I know you've been known to wear the sweater vest, but you've been here in Florida now for a little while. It gets pretty hot. Yeah. Are you willing maybe to trade that in for maybe a tank top and flip-flops on the sideline? <laughs> uh, you oh. know, I'm not sure what happened there. It seems like the video cut off. I don't, oh, I don't know. Come on. killing I don't me. know how you're going to find that answer out. I mean... I get maybe on the, the Suns UCF podcast that's coming out this week. We might, we might have that there. We'll have better luck, I think, with the next one because Mike was talking a little bit about uh, Terry Mohadra. And if, if you haven't noticed, 
Uh, he seems to not waste any time um, uh, at the gym. Seems like he gets uh, arm curl day in. Uh, Mike Kruzek better watch out. So uh, our intrepid reporter UCF Mike wants to know more about Malzahn's workout routine and uh, how that translates to real life. This is interesting. Okay. And you look like you're in pretty good shape. Uh, most ADs may not be. Would you be able to win an arm wrestling contest among all the ADs in the country? Could I win an arm wrestling contest? No. no. There's some pretty – there's some big ADs out there that weigh some, some pounds – could outweigh me a little bit. Well, could you take Danny White, the guy that just left town? Danny White, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, he, he played basketball, played football, so you know that. So maybe. <laughs> so it, so, it sounds like the uh, uh, there was a no and then a maybe, and then there was definitely a yes in there. I think the gauntlet's been laid down, right? Give him another 10 seconds, he would have said, yeah, I, I'd kill him. <laughs> he, <laughs> that, that's where he was trending. Um I think that'd be a good matchup, actually. I think Mahajra ends up taking him. I'm on Mahajra's team now, for sure. But Danny White's not a small guy. I talked to him a couple of years ago. He's a pretty good-sized dude. Mahajra, you know, Mahajra looks like he's putting the weights up in the gym, too. So I think it'd be a nice matchup. Uh, uh, fast lock style. Thanks, Timo. Uh, would win that in a heartbeat. Paul Jones appreciates the hard-hitting questions. But they're not done, Paul. Uh, so last one. This one gets a lot of uh, play on Twitter. Uh, JP Gilbert, I know, is is on this train very heavily. Uh, I think it's uh, Chris is King, I think, is on this train heavily as well. The Citronaut. Is that a mascot? Should it come back? Are we going to get rid of the Knights? What are our plans with the Citronaut? People have been asking this question randomly for a long enough time. Mike had the man himself in front of him and said, let's figure it out for ourselves. Here's Timo talking about the Citronaut. And there is a portion of our fan base that would like to see us switch to Citronauts. Yeah. What do you, how do you feel about the Citronaut as our secondary logo? I love it. I think it's fantastic. Ah, oh, again with the cut. Ah, oh, man. There's more? Uh. I, I guess. I don't know if that means we're going to go to it. Are we getting rid of the – I don't know how we're going to figure it out. Um, I guess maybe we'll figure the audio stuff out by the time the Suns UCF podcast airs, which will come to you on uh, Tuesday nights, wherever you shameless. get your high-quality podcast. Shameless. shameless. I, it's not even shameless. really shameless at this point. It's not really shameless, Trace. But I think J.P. Gilbert just soiled himself somewhere. He loves it, man. He's – he thinks it's fantastic, and then he, he went on for another couple minutes about it. So tune in on Monday. You don't want to miss that whole interview. All in all, though, you had a good time hanging out with the, uh, the coaches and the athletic director. Oh, yeah. Very good time. I had, enjoyed my interviews and then hanging out with the other guys and seeing some fans. I met a couple other people that listened to the show and, and really enjoyed what they're hearing. That, that made me feel good. Of course, Paul Jones and Trina I hung out with them for a minute. Nitro, my daughter got to see Nitro. She, she always loves him. Took a couple pictures, sat back, listened to the show with Mark Daniels and everybody else. It was a good time. Got in the raffle, didn't win, but overall, a very good night. Good job, Mike. I'm looking forward, uh, as I always do, to this coming episode of the Sons of UCF pod because I want to hear the rest of these interviews. Uh, next stop for the Charge on Tour, May 19th, Port Canaveral. Then they go very far to Oviedo on May 27th. Uh, so good stuff. Good stuff, Mike. Looking forward to hearing more. Uh, Adam, why don't you bring in Eric Lopez now? Do I have to? And we'll go over if you could. Uh, and okay. we can talk a little bit about UCF softball in the American Athletic Conference Championship. UCF wins uh, today, earlier today, a, a noon start. They beat ECU 4-3. Eric Lopez, the voice of UCF softball, part of the Black and Gold Banneret, hosts his own show in the circle. Uh, softball podcast. So, Elo, uh, down 2 nothing. UCF rallies Denali Schottpacher with the double that played it, too. Clutch hit for her. First of all, it is an honor to be on on the most highly rated Thursday night primetime show since <laughs> Seinfeld. But I didn't realize Tom Brokaw was on this show with those hard-hitting questions there with the uh, <laughs> over there in the tour. I mean, that's, I'm intimidated now, but Look, that's a huge hit for Schottpacher. They gave them the 3-2 lead, and they would hold on there. First conference tournament win for UCF since 2016, when, ironically, they beat UConn in the quarterfinals in Tulsa. So for the first, a rare time, we have success in Tulsa, boys. That's right. We had opportunity to speak with uh, Denali. Uh, we have a soundbite from her talking about, you know, being in this American Athletic Conference tournament, taking one game at a time. But uh, I don't think we've really been put in that kind of situation uh, yet this season with so much, you know, it's uh, you lose one game, you're out. So um, 
stakes were high. I think it was really exciting, and I think we're all we're all ready for the ball to come to us. So, Aaliyah White got the start, gave up three solo home runs, six and a third. But really, it was the end of the game, right? Gianna Macha comes in, two strikeouts to end the game. That is a strong one-two punch. It is, and she came in with the bases loaded and one out, gets her fifth save of the season. Big one to close it out. She's the one that has postseason experience. At Boise State, she pitched in the regionals in 2019, led him to the tournament twice in 18 and 19. Of course, Coach Ball Malone had recruited her. She's been known her since she was eight years old. So I think Mancha is a big factor here moving forward because she's one of the few players on UCF that has that postseason experience that this team hasn't had. Remember, UCF has not made the NCAA tournament since 2016. They had not won a conference tournament game since 2016 prior to today. So players like Mancha are big factors here. And so I wasn't surprised that Coach Ball Malone called her number there to close it out. And I think Mancha is going to have a huge role here moving forward and has helped Aaliyah through this season and through her career here to form that one-two punch that you mentioned, Trace. Well, ECU with two errors, UCF got one unearned run. You know, they win 4-3. That was a question I asked Coach Malone, uh, Ball Malone, after the game about the strong defense uh, supporting the team. True, Trace. I mean, um, our lineup is a little different right now. You know, it, we I think we had 20 home runs sitting on the bench today um, to start off the game. And as a coach, I'm thinking, am I crazy? But defense wins ball games, you know, and we can bring those guys in, and we did with Jules, and – you know, don't be surprised. Georgia Blair was going to come in at some point too. So um, we're, we're just playing with our, you know, most fundamentally sound defense at this point right now. Um, so you're right. I mean, we handle the ball and we do what we do. We're in a really good spot. Elo, how much do you think the um, winning this first game of the tournament gives the team confidence, right? I know it's a team that we saw kind of up and down. I mean, they had some really big moments, but, you know, maybe sputtered a little bit down the stretch. How much do you think getting this kind of quote-unquote monkey off the back in the tournament helps them out? I think it's a huge relief for them. I think it's a, you know, to get that, even Denali mentioned that in the post game. They hadn't been to a semifinal in a conference tournament in a while. To get that monkey off your back, I think they'll be really relaxed. I think it's a huge confidence builder. I think the last week has been a confidence booster. Even the last weekend when they won three out of four against the rivals, denying that that was a postseason feel re, uh, feel to it. And I think that's going to pay dividends, not just the rest of this weekend, but going into next week when they're in the NCAA tournament. So I do think this is significant to feel kind of get that burden off their back to say, yeah, we can win a, a postseason game. You know, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to ask be asking questions about that anymore. We can just move forward and just play ball. So I, I do agree with you. By the way, Adam, Mike, did you notice that Trace is on a first-name basis there with Coach there? I mean, he's pretty popular. He's the hardest-working yeah, he man in showbiz. Hardest-working man. He's right behind you, Elo, with the hardest-working man. He's walking the streets of Sanford just making videos all the time. Uh, Elo and I are a one-two punch in these post-game scrums. <laughs> yeah, we have a, it's like a spinoff show sometimes, you know, the post-game show, a late-night post-game show with uh, Trace and Mace. So it's like a spinoff, you know. I will say, I get to you see these videos. I, well, I get to see these videos when I edit them. And I will say the full videos are really entertaining. If you two ever want to go on tour together, I mean, the full <laughs> videos are entertaining. Every now and again, a third guy hops in there, but it's kind of like chemistry. He doesn't work out. He's got to leave. You two run the show. It's fantastic. I don't know who that third guy is. I apologize. Whoever that is. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's really, really nice, by the way. Um, I do miss Brandon in his car, though. Is he okay? Has anyone seen Brandon? Yeah, Brandon, you know, he sticks loyalty to baseball. He's exclusive baseball. He hasn't jumped okay. on the softball bandwagon like Trace. So you guys are so fortunate. Trace is versatile. He jumps on the top story when it comes. So, uh, you know, that's that's the loyalty of Trace there. As you heard, Coach Paul Malone referenced him by first name. I don't even get that. Who's asking the tough questions, though? Like scrunchies in the hair, ponytails, how do you decide, no, things like goodness. that? These are the things we need to know. Well, Trace is clearly the hard-nosed, you know, journalistic questions there. I, I, I follow his lead when it comes to that. Well, let's talk about Elo, what is next? up next. All right. Well, what's next is the War and I four. That's what's next. This will be the fifth meeting between UCF and USF in the week. They played four games in Orlando. UCF won three out of four, denying them of the regular season title. Now they're going to play again in the semis. We're likely going to see Georgina Cork, who is USF's ace. She's the three-time pitcher of the year, now winner, All-American. UCF got to her last Saturday. It was the first time that Georgina Cork had blown a lead in a, in a start 
since 2019 regionals. UCF got her with two runs in the bottom of the seventh, winning it on a squeeze play with two strikes to get score Whoa. the game-winning run. Uh, Coach Palmolo is not afraid of the moment, uh, but that's going to be a big stage here. South Florida needs that game likely to secure a spot into the NCAA tournament. If they lose, they're going to be sweating it out on Sunday uh, Sunday night on the selection show. So I expect a, another tight, intense battle between those two rivals. And uh, who knows? We might get Corrick versus White one more time. They have had a great rivalry throughout their career. They're both kind of been setting records for their respective programs. So it would be interesting if they face each other. But as you mentioned, Trace, earlier, UCF has options. They could go to Mancha. They can go to White. USF has no other options. They're going to ride Georgina Corrick. As, law, as far as they can. Elo, I thought I, I read that you um, you feel pretty confident in UCF's ability to get into the postseason tournament. Talk a little about what, what you think their chances are and, and regional matchups and, and your projections on where they might fall if they get into the tournament. Yeah, I do think they're a lot to be in. Their resume speaks for itself. Their RPI is in the low 30s right now. They have a win against Arizona. They have two wins against Florida. They swept them who's in the top five RPI. They have a win at South Carolina, who's likely going to be in the tournament. Three wins against South Florida. They're in the tournament. They're going to be in. The question becomes, are they a two seed or a three seed? And then Gainesville or Tallahassee? That's the, really the two questions that really we have to answer in Selection Sunday. I have them in, in my projections. You can check it out in Justin's World of Softball, as well as on the Inner Circle Twitter account. I have an, a daily bracketology update. I currently have them as a two seed going to Gainesville, but honestly, boys, it's about 50-50 between Gainesville and Tallahassee. It's a flip of a coin. They could put them in either region. I think there's only like a 5% chance to get shipped out of the state. That's kind of how they do it with Olympic sports for the most part. But I think they're in. I think they're a lock. They've done what they've had to do. They have 38 wins. Uh, the marquee wins. Remember, the American is the fifth strongest conference uh, in college softball. So uh, it carries weight. I think they're in. They'll be comfortably in. The question becomes, will they be a two-seed or a three-seed, and will it be Gainesville or Tallahassee uh, is where they'll be headed for the regional, which will be interesting because they've played Florida twice already this year, including once in Gainesville, whereas they have not played Florida State this year. So uh, if they go to Tallahassee, they're likely to play an SEC team in that first round, whereas if they go to Gainesville, that's kind of a wild guess there. It could be a team like Troy from the Sun Belt, or it could be a team they fly in there from the Big Ten or some other conference. So, uh, But I, I can tell you this, guys. They don't care. Adam, they don't care where they go. That That's the big difference, I think, than years past. If they end up going to Gainesville, they're going to be confident because they've beaten Florida twice. They've gone through their entire pitching staff, and I think they're just going to be equally as confident as they go if they go to Tallahassee to be that regional. The, the this is a team that has a lot of versatility, and I think Coach Ball Malone, the way she coaches, rubs off on the players. They play with no fear, and they will be re they will be ready wherever they end up going next week in the regionals. All right, so you're saying we're definitely in. Obviously, we had a very good regular season, some big wins that you mentioned. Is this six? Is this season already deemed a success, or do we have to do something here in this regional? Do we have to win the regional for this to say, hey, this was a very good year for us? Well, I think it's a success. Remember, this program hasn't been to the NCAA tournament in 20 since 2016. So I always feel you make the tournament, it's good. Let's see what happens here in the next couple of days. It could really be added to that. And I think they have a shot to win the regional. But even still, I think this is a successful season. To be back in the tournament, for, to get this senior – think about this, boys. On Sunday night, if UCF officially makes the tournament, every senior class – that has come to UCF to play softball, that has played at least four years or more because of the extra year now with COVID, has made an appearance in the NCAA tournament. That streak will continue this after this year. So to me, that's a success, and it's helping the building blocks for Coach Ball Malone, who, remember, is still in her third season, really second season because last year got cut short. They would have been into the tournament last year, but I think uh, you know, this year will, it certainly just helps build that kind of the confidence under Coach Ball Malone's vision for this program moving forward. Because it's still a very young team. Yes, they have 11 seniors, but a lot of the talent is super young, like a Jada Cody, a Shannon Doherty, uh, among others, a Kennedy Searcy, uh, Carissa Ornelas, the catcher. They have a lot of talent here building for the future, plus a strong recruiting class coming in. All right, up next, Friday, 4 o'clock against the Cows uh, on ESPN+. Plus. I will see you on the uh, post-game Zoom. Eric Lopez. Emmy award-winning post-game show. Twitter, you can uh, find him. 
part of Black and Gold Banner in the Circle uh, podcast. Elo, thanks for joining us again for the preview here of uh, UCF softball. Boys, it's always a pleasure. Mike, hope your daughter is swinging the bat wheel well. I'm hoping that she's getting yeah, more hits. Hey, we're 8-0. and We got one game left. We're like the, the New England Patriots sitting at 18-0 and going to face the Giants this Saturday for the final game. Well, I wish you well, and uh, if I get to, but remember, if I get to call any more ga- uh, at bats of your daughter, I do want a son's uh, hat. That's the that's the that's the price. Fair trade. All right, do, keep your email open. I'll send you a video this week and then a hat. In the mail. Send me your address. <laughs> deal. We got a deal. All right, boys, keep up the great work. Thanks, Elo. Thank you, Elo. Uh, softball in a much better position, as we just talked about, than baseball. They did not listen to us last week uh, when you called for at least three out of four. It was three out of four. It was Wichita State that heated that. Uh, UCF struggling. Uh, the starting pitching uh, gave up 20 runs over the uh, over the games, the four-game series. And the body language is not good. Uh, Coach Lovelady feels dejected, looks dejected, spoke about that this team not very mentally tough. And, uh, you know, I asked him, is that something that you can, uh, you know, that you can teach at this point? Uh, you know, and, and he says, you know, if they haven't picked up on it so far, uh, you know, he doesn't know when they're going to. So he sounds dejected, as we'll hear from him. Um, this late in the year, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not so sure. You would hope that uh, <clears throat> just the trials and tribulations of all the, all the ups and downs and, the, and just crazy stuff that's happened to us, um, you know, would, would make us tougher. Uh, and just the experience of going through it all would make us tougher. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff is built in the fall and some of the team camaraderie stuff. And, um you know, things that we work on. Um, but also you, you kind of got to be in one place, <laughs> which is obviously hard this year. So we um, just, you know, I wasn't creative enough during COVID to figure out ways to do it. Um, Boy, didn't yeah, sound I, very I mean, peppy, did he? <laughs> yeah, I really, that show took a dive, right? Um, I do like a little bit that, I mean, he, he references right there at the end that, you know, there's some self-accountability, you know, he should have done a better job at getting these guys connected. Um, and so I definitely respect the self-accountability, but it, it's been an up and down season. And it's unfortunate because last year was sort of a promising year to start and then COVID hits and the whole thing kind of gets uh, put on hold. And you, you think you have some, some things coming back. We did lose a bunch of guys uh, in the off season to transfer portals and things like that. Um, obviously the, the, the injury bug this year uh, didn't, did not help either. Uh, but just just the team, I think there was expectations, and I mean, just flat out didn't didn't meet those, and and weren't and they weren't consistent enough. And you definitely can see it on his face, um, and you can hear it in his voice on that one. Yeah, Bill Parcell says you are what your record says you are, and we are a mediocre baseball team, 500 at best, and it's been a struggle to keep it that way. I think we saw signs from the very beginning of the season over at FAU when I watched the game with you, Trace. Uh, just a team that never was able to put it all together. If they're pitching one day, then they're not hitting. If they're hitting, they're not pitching. That's a sign of a bad team. Uh, hopefully, we make some changes in the offseason. I, I mean, guys are coming in and out all the time, so pick up a couple guys. We need some strong arms, I think, is the main thing. The pitching hasn't been there this year. So, I mean, it is baseball. You, you get hot for a week. I've, I've been saying that all year. Um, I'm, we're running out of time now. Yeah, running out of time. Colton Gordon, who we talked about uh, recently, uh, lost for the season with an injury, posted on his Twitter late this afternoon that uh, the torn UCL, that he had successful surgeries, looking forward to the journey ahead. And he says, I can't wait to get back on the mound stronger than ever before the journey back starts now. So we wish him well and will likely be a long road to recovery. UCF on the road, doubleheader Friday at Tulane. Tulane amongst the tops in the American Saturday, Sunday, then UCF closes out at home against Houston before moving on to the American uh, Conference Championship over in Clearwater. So not too much left. And if they're going to get hot, now be a good time to do I it. I need a sweep, Trace. We need a sweep. Uh, must take, must take them all. Win need series. Sweep. Oh, yeah, sweep. I need a sweep. We'll, we'll call for it, but that, <laughs> that doesn't seem likely. But uh uh, who remains hot, though, is women's tennis, one of our programs still in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they beat the number 23 seed uh, Miami over the weekend. UCF, the nine seed, continue at home at the USTA. They face number 18 Duke on uh, Sunday. 
so their dream uh, alive, they're in that sweet 16, which is still pretty impressive, right? Uh, you know, when you consider the amount of schools, uh, the amount of teams uh, from UCF that have gone on to the NCAA tournament. Men's season, though, uh, ended. Uh, they were nine seed as well. They finished 22 and four. They lost to uh, Mississippi State, but I still think you got to look at them as having had a successful year. Yeah, the tennis program, you know, year in and year out is always competitive uh, and, and they're always uh, teams uh, and, and, and folks on those teams that, that have a ton of talent. It uh, seems like we make some noise throughout the year. I think John Roddick has built uh, quite a successful tennis program. Um, and I don't see any reason why that stops now. Having the USTA in our backyard uh, certainly doesn't doesn't hurt um, to attract maybe some talent, maybe some recruits. Um, obviously, collegiate tennis and some of these collegiate sort of um, individual sports are always tough when you make it kind of a team aspect. Uh, certainly a lot of talent on the UCF team, you know, and, and we'll see what happens next. Uh, obviously, though, you got to credit Roddick for what he's built here uh, at UCF from the tennis perspective. Tennis has been our most successful sport in the spring season, right? Better than baseball. They've gone farther than even men's soccer. The women's tennis team has. And softball still got a shot. But the trajectory is pointing up. Every year it seems to be getting better and better. So that's all you can hope for. And hopefully one day we'll be able to crack all the way to the top and, and win one of these national championships. First time ever into the second round of the NCAA tournament, men's tennis, 12 of their 22 wins over ranked opponents. So uh, good year for the men and we wish the uh, women good luck. Now, shifting gears now, a second interview this week, a must follow on Twitter. At Big Game Boomer, let us bring in the man who is behind that. He's John Whitaker. Uh, John and I have been speaking, uh, direct messaging back and forth. And if you don't follow him, give him a follow right now. He's out with lists galore. But let's start off with, John, you support UCF. And as you say, you think they belong in a Power 5 conference. So talk about your fandom and why you uh, remain supportive yeah, of UCF. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I'm a... Uh, Happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm, I'm an OU alum, uh, went to OU, um, and, you know, the Big 12, we need more teams in the Big 12. We need uh, 12 teams and, uh, because we have 10 right now. And I think UCF is the perfect fit. I mean, out of all of the group of five schools, there is not a fan base more passionate than UCF. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, and you guys are UCF is right in, you know, just the perfect hub of recruiting in Central Florida. Um, I think that UCF is the is our generational version of uh, Miami. Uh, back when Miami was kind of getting started up back in the eighties, um, and the only thing was the, the only difference is that Miami could could play anybody because there there really wasn't a lot of conference. Uh, affiliation back then and now it's just it's hard for UCF to play anybody because um, no one wants to play them none of the big big teams in the uh, you know power five conferences want to play them and uh, you know it, it's frustrating because I think UCF if UCF joined the big 12 this year I mean I could see them finishing third or fourth uh, you know uh, easily um, they they definitely have a power five um, power five you know roster. Uh, we just it, it needs to happen. I think it, eventually it will happen, but um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see uh, them in the Big Twelve for sure. All right. So first things first, what do we call you? Do we call you Big Game Game Boomer John? What do what do you what should we call you? Today? You can call me Big Game Boomer. You can call me John. I mean. Um, I just I, I created this Twitter account, you know, back in November, just to kind of have fun, and it just kind of took off with it. <laughs> you guys right, so call I'm gonna, me John. <laughs> I'm gonna call you Big Game. Big Game sounds more Big fun. Game. So, yeah, it, it kind of uh, yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. So for those who don't know, some people are commenting. You do this thing where you make a list of random topics, right? I've seen restaurants, I've seen players, I've seen coaches, I've seen sayings. How did you dream this idea up, first of all? And then what kind of research are we doing here? I mean, how embedded are you in the computer trying to figure out random restaurants in Tulane to be able to add to your list? Well, yeah. So like, I mean, I haven't been to every college town, so I have a pretty extensive list of accounts on Twitter from every fan base. So I'll reach out to those fan bases and get their recommendations because um, th there's no way I would know 
Um, and it's cool. I've learned, I've just learned a lot about, you know, all these different schools and their campuses and college towns. But yeah, this, I mean, I put together all of the lists. I kind of do them at night after I get my son down <laughs> and just kind of post them throughout the day. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun and they just kind of took off. I think uh, the first list I posted, it was like uh, the schools that have had more wins than Texas over the last 10 years. And people just that just kind of went off. And I was like, all right, this is kind of fun. So I just, you know, decided to, you know, do a little bit more of it and, you know, re branch out to other, you know, college fan bases and not just talk about OU, but talk about college football um, in general. So BGB, um, <laughs> which schools react the most to your list? Obviously, you put you have a biased opinion. You're going to trash Texas. And you support UCF, which we appreciate. So I'm sure you yeah. get a lot of people from UCF commenting positive stuff back to you. But which schools react the most to all your list? Um, definitely Alabama. I, I've got kind of an ongoing kind of feud with them. Um, they they kind of don't really don't like me <laughs> just because of some of the restaurants. I put like Chuck E. Cheese as their best pizza joint, <laughs> and I mean that went completely viral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now it's just kind of a joke. Whenever I talk about Bama, we kind of just kind of say something, you know, throw out something random like that to get them all riled up. So, yeah, Bama, Tennessee gets really riled up. Michigan is really bad. Um, those are probably the top three, uh, in my opinion. Te Texas, um, Texas is bad. Uh, A&M is also really bad, but um, – uh, yeah, I would say Michigan, Tennessee, uh, definitely take the cake and Alabama. Uh, most recent list you had was head coaches under the most pressure. I'll rattle off four of your 15 at four, yeah. Scott Frost in Nebraska at 13, Josh Heupel in Tennessee. And at 15, Gus Malzahn here at UCF. What do you think of the hire of Gus Malzahn? Well, I think it was a home run hire for uh, UCF. I mean, uh, personally, I didn't. I don't think he should have been let go at at Auburn. Um, and to get, you know, to get a job at UCF where I feel like he's going to feel refreshed, um, I, I think it's a home run hire, especially um, with the quarterback you guys have right now. Dylan Gabriel is his name. Um, I think he's really going to uh, fit in well to Gus's kind of uh, hurry up offense. Um, and, and I think it's a big time hire for you guys. Definitely taking the right step uh, in the next direction to, you know, uh, elevate your program. And but I think there's pressure on him because UCF has a has a pretty big fan base and, and they demand, uh, you know, good results. Um, so, um, you know, a guy coming from Auburn, you know, who's played the national championship game, you're definitely I think he's definitely uh, under some pressure this year. But, you know, not as bad as some of the other guys I put on that list. All right, big game. I got some questions about some of these recent lists in your UCF uh, answer. So you had uh, best tradition, and uh, you went best tradition for UCF Memory Mall. Sounds like you got some inside sources. Did any of them happen to mention this, a little thing called Spirit Splash to you during this process? Yeah, I heard a little bit about that. So the Memory Mall, that's that's kind of like the tailgating zone for you it guys. Is. Yeah, so I, I've heard that that's a pretty cool area. Um, or, you know, just because I listed that as the worst tradition, right? Uh, the best was memory mall. Worst was go one and oh, which, which Bravo. Yeah, that, was the, that was the hypolism. Yeah. That we can get out of yeah. here. With. But yeah, a lot yeah, of no, folks, a lot of folks uh, were, were, were spirit splash as opposed to memory mall. Both good options, by the way. But, uh, yeah. but splash was one. The other one we have best UCF restaurant. Uh, you went Azteca de Oro as the best UCF restaurant. I couldn't find a single soul that ever been there. But yeah, maybe that one. One. How, how did that come up for you? Well, I asked one guy, and this was kind of <laughs> <laughs> beginning. He's like, "Yeah, check out this 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 Mexican joint. Uh, they've got good margaritas." And um, you know, I should have asked more more fans because that obviously was not a good pick. Then I think I followed up with the pizza, best pizza joint. I think it was Lazy Moon. Lazy Moon, good choice. Yeah, yeah that's a really popular uh, spot. So you know, I definitely gotta gotta you know cross check 
between different fans to get different opinions. So it's a, uh, it's turned out to be a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> and so when you inevitably make your best uh, uh, school-based podcast, uh, Sons of UCF will be the best for UCF, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a big, big UCF guy. Um, he's, o- he's only consulting one fan, uh, Adam, and we've weighed in now. So he need not go anywhere <laughs> for any other Perfect. opinions. If you need yeah, the worst UCF podcast. Sometimes. Yeah. If you need the worst UCF podcast, I can help you out there too. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> are you making lists with everything? Is this just college football? Do you go around the house telling your wife, you know, these are the top 10 meals you've ever, you've made in the last year. These are the top 10. Yeah. Meals I, want yeah, you to work on. I mean, yeah, everything is, uh, is, is a list now. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And people are messaging me saying, Hey, you got to make this list. So, I mean, I've got this long line of, of lists, you know, um, you know, and I think, you know, I'm going to keep going and when, when we get started in the season, I'll get more football based, but, but I think it's a lot of fun to kind of talk about the colleges and the college towns themselves. Cause college, college football or just college fans, I think are the most passionate fan base of any sport. And that's why I think these tweets, when I talk about their schools, I think they, I think that's why they just kind of take off because people are, are passionate about their school and have an opinion, um, a strong opinion on what they think is best. Um, so it's, it, it, it's a lot of fun getting the feedback whenever I, you know, drop a list for sure. How far out on these are you? Are you working on tomorrow's tonight or you've got several in the game? Yeah, I've kind of, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right now. I'm kind of putting together my uh, best, uh, barbecue joint list for a uh, group of five schools. Uh, I'm still kind of working on that. Uh, once I get my son down, I'll probably uh, find, get that spit out in the morning. But, um, but yeah, I've just got kind of, yeah. I mean, next week I've got, if you haven't, if you, you guys have been following me, I, I've been doing the best uh, player for every position kind of for the upcoming season. So I've been doing one of those every morning and, you know, those are, you know, dead, dead serious, you know, that's what I think. And uh, what, you know, what the players are going to be like next year. And then in the evening, I got like to kind of do like a goofy kind of goofy chart to, you know, just get some fan bases revved up. Well, that you you certainly do. You made some friends here at UCF, not just because of the pro UCF stuff, but uh, probably the other best thing you did is you listed the best pizza joint for our rivals. Uh, uh, their, their University of South Florida in Tampa figured that one out. I can't. Uh, you listed their best pizza joint as Olive Garden, which I thought was fantastic. Was that a piece? Yeah. Tell me that was intentional. Oh, yeah, that was intentional. Okay. I, yeah, I like to on those restaurant things. I like to throw a throw a wrinkle in there somewhere and see if people catch it and. You know, as many UCF followers as I have, I have to throw some shade at South Florida. No offense to them. No, you're going to find them. That's fine. Offense um, yeah. intended. <laughs> Does Olive Garden even have pizza? I think they have it on the kids' menu, maybe. That's actually perfect. perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. The only suggestion I would make is, you know, we, we don't, I mean, I know we're considered a group of five. UCF doesn't want to be considered in those groups of five. So just instead of making a list for P5 and G5, just throw all the colleges together and say, hey, this these are the best schools at this and this is the best schools at that. But other than that, yeah. I think you're doing great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think I'll, like on the loudest stadium list, I had UCF as the like the 24th loudest in the of all the FBS schools. Um, so that, yeah, that got a lot, that tweet went pretty crazy. Um, he, he is John Whitaker, big game boomer at big game boomer. And John, when you're in Orlando to take in a UCF game, let us know. We'll grab a margarita beforehand at that number one restaurant. Esteca de Oro, Esteca de Oro. Yeah, guys, give them right, a guys. follow. Let's support them from UCF. John, we appreciate you being right. the sons of UCF. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on. We'll talk Thanks to you later. Game. All right, Thanks a lot. EGB. <laughs> His lists are fun, though, right? You know how annually in the slow period of time you do the Mount Rushmores of various things. This is daily conversation. And, uh, you know, he may be off base, but a labor of love for him. So uh, it takes him a while to do, right, you know, uh, to do that research. But he's got to reach out to more than one guy in East Orlando 
for restaurant well, choices. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but he also had the um, the best uh, accounts to follow at UCF. His first one was Fear the Pegasus. Not calling anybody out. Maybe that's the Azteca de Oro fan. He then recently had another great account, which is UCF Feisty. Strong. I think it's Miss, uh, Missy McAwesome, uh, I think, is the name she uses on Twitter. So yeah. maybe he's branching out. He now has the three of us, hopefully, to, to set him straight. Um, I Probably Mike could do this better than anybody. I feel like Mike's a, a shoe in for this kind of stuff. <laughs> I couldn't get over him asking the one guy. That's how he came up with the restaurant. I was, I was laughing the whole time about that. But uh, you know what takes him longer probably than the research is actually making the graphics for those things because he's got to put the school colors and this and that seems like that would take the most time for me that's the kind of research that you appreciate though as someone who put together a march madness bracket <laughs> that's the sort of thing that you would appreciate so uh mike a uh, little trivia time since you wanted to play games with me last week uh, first ucf extends the 3.0 gpa streak to 27 semesters so i have five questions adam if you could score Please, uh, how Mike has uh, on this. Pen. Uh, what What is the women's sport at UCF for the highest GPA? Bonus points for you if you know that GPA. Um, rowing. That would be cross country at 3.7. Uh, you know what? I did see that cross country tweet the other day. Men's sport with the highest GPA. Men's sport with the highest GPA. Give me baseball. That'd be men's tennis at 3.45. Tennis? Half the guys don't even speak English. 0 for 2. Uh, Mike is 0 for 2. Score update, 0 for 2. (laughs) Uh, What percentage of UCF student athletes as a whole achieved at least a 3.0 GPA? Students, student athletes. Um, Give me 73%. 74%. That's a point. Sorry, that's a that's point. A Official point. scoring at home. Yeah, that's a point. Seventy-three point six. So it rounds up. Yeah. What percentage of UCF student athletes achieved at least a four point oh GPA? Forty-three. Ooh, well, ten, ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> the four uh, And true or false? So you got a fifty-fifty shot on this one. All right. Maybe. All right. Mike, you would have joined the 74% of UCF student-athletes with at least a 3.0 GPA. That is true. I believe my GPA over four years there was a 3.5 or a 3.0. Between 3.4 and a 3.6. I'm going to say 3.5. I'm going to have to get the, the uh, old report cards out, but it was right there. That's that's correct. I can confirm that. I think I want to say you had a three six. I think you were a point ahead of me. I think I had a three five. So I think you were. I think you were a three six. Mike, I told you guys in a few shows. Mike was a, a good student. Uh, he he tended to wait till the last minute to to study. But when he did, he hit the library hard. He would go to the library for like ten hours uh, and and study up. I remember legal studies. Mike was there for like a month uh, for that class. Yeah, you know, I couldn't get any studying done in the apartment. Yeah, you that's were the bad. guy. You could read a book and play a video game and listen to music at the same time. I need I'm complete doing it, I'm doing it right now. To get out I'm of doing it all right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I went to the library. I went up to like the fourth floor where it was nice and quiet and just dug myself into the books. And that's the way I had to do it. You know, I went to the library once. It was really boring. So I stopped going there. You know, there's some nice looking girls every once in a while walking around. <laughs> I am impressed. Focus, right? <laughs> I'm impressed with your knowledge, uh, Mike. Uh, so on Suns 132, back to the vault. You may remember some years back, NBC used to promote reruns as, as if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. So a lot of these interviews just feel very fresh. Uh, and uh, it's, it was nice to hear Sia Burley, a nice blast from the past. Yeah, I, even I forget sometimes what these guys said until I listen back to the interviews. But uh, we again, we have such an archive that it, it almost feels criminal not not bringing some of these out. And, you know, we we often can get accused of recency bias around here, right? Because uh, a lot of people joined the fan base late, uh, fan base late. Uh, but Mike and I were in school during this 97, 98, 99 years. Uh, Sire Burley, Dante Culpepper were a lethal combination. It was must see. You did not go get that beer that Mike's going to talk to uh, Terry Mohajer about in this interview this week. You did not leave your seats uh, during that time period because you never knew when those two were going to hit for a long one. Uh, and Saya, the other cool thing, we didn't talk about it, obviously, because it happened after this interview, but uh, he's, he was down training Trey Nixon in, in, uh, in Arizona before uh, Trey went to the draft. Good, Always good to see UCF helping out UCF guys. Saya was a fantastic guy. And if you haven't seen clips, if you haven't seen anything, Google his name, YouTube him. Um, he's got some fantastic highlights. Uh, we, we did top three, uh, big three receivers of all time. He and Dante were, were number two on both our list. Uh, just one of the one of the all-time great receivers at UCF. 
Yeah, we did this interview about two years ago. I think we've picked up a lot of people that had no idea what Sons of UCF was back then that are now watching us every week and listening to the show. So, and, and this was one of the lost episodes. So you hadn't been able to get to this one in a while. <laughs> Very episodes. cool interview. <laughs> I like that. I like that better then. <laughs> then we're bringing them back for you guys because uh, you don't want to miss some of these. Uh, there's some, Isaiah Burley is one of the best wide receivers we've ever had. And he was here for two years, and he had a thousand yards in both seasons. Just a, a an incredible weapon. Like I said on the show, he can beat you long. He can beat you with, with just a slant and take it to, to the house. Just a very exciting player to watch. Perhaps Big Game Boomer will put out a list of best of the lost episodes uh, from the Sons of UCF. A little Ooh, list. We could. Ah, uh, we could. I mean, Mike, we could figure that out. Actually, the best part of the show, if you haven't heard it yet, make sure you find us wherever you get your podcast. When Mike asked, and I do think this was sincere, if we should blame the horse uh, for for any particular uh, performance-enhancing drugs, um, I don't know if we should or shouldn't blame the horse, but Mike was wondering if the horse was to blame for this. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking he's talking about, I'm talking about the Cow of the Week segment and Medina Spirit that got caught with uh, steroids in the system. And, and there was a whole spiel given by the, the trainer of why that happened. I'm not buying any of it. Go ahead, go listen to the episode and see what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I will tell you that was funny stuff right there. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, nor do I want to necessarily repeat it. Uh, but it, it was good. It was good stuff. Your speculation on that. Uh, as we uh, wrap up, some news and notes to share with you. Of course, uh, with UCF's uh, wins three out of four over softball last week, they extend their. You see it right there. The war on I four update fifty three point two five to the cows twenty four point seven five. I believe there's just one event left uh, track and field and uh, Adam a couple of men's basketball signees I'll let you say the the second name on there from John Rothstein reporting a UNLV transfer you want to make a only a only if you say one? the only if you say the first one what's this one uh oh this one here Tyam Freeman damn it sounds like you might know that okay um the next one there, that one's for uh, you um Sheik and back young Sure. Thank you. I'm looking forward to Mike talking about him in the fall. Yeah, you're going to have to give me a few minutes on that. Here's, here's called the CMD. Tyam Freeman kind of sounds like an oxymoron, right? Tyam, is he Freeman? I don't know. Is he tied up, Freeman? I, I got to get uh, sound effects for this show. Uh, shout out to uh, two of our favorites, Jan and Britt, who appreciate the fun of the show tonight. Uh, a very Mike-centric episode, as no doubt will be Mondays uh, coming up, the recording of the pod. So what you tease, you're going to deliver, right? We're going to hear the uh, the full interviews with uh, uh, Timo, Coach Dawkins, and Coach Malzahn. Yes, sir. That's the plan. I, I had about eight minutes with each one of them. Uh, we got into the UCF stuff. And then, I, of course, I had to throw in the rapid fires for each one of them at the end to kind of loosen them up, get to know the guys a little bit. That part you're going to enjoy. Um, and we also have the videos of all three, which we'll probably post on the YouTube page or on our website. You'll be able to catch those. I apologize again for my daughter. who She even admitted to me, she goes, you know, I was kind of just looking off in the distance and I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> she had to catch herself and, and put the camera back. <laughs> she was very interested but, uh, we, in your one-on-ones. <laughs> but we got good sound on it, and we got some uh, some video for it too. So, uh, you guys are going to enjoy those this this coming week. Three very good interviews for you. I want to thank Dan Forsella, UCF Sports Information, for uh, being so good to set you up. I'm not sure though that there have been any news releases since then, but I haven't received anything, so I hope that I'm still on the distribution list following <laughs> your efforts at the Funky Buddha. <laughs> hey, so are, there's more tour stops, right? They're going to be in Orlando. Are you going to be doing the same thing? You get get some one-on-ones. It probably won't be the same setup. It'll be too much media, right? It'll be too much media. I, I have conflict with one, as I'll be out of town next week, and uh, I'm not sure yet to the other. It, it falls. Yeah, I, I think the other one, the Oviedo stop, falls uh, during our showtime. So unless you guys want to run the show and go to be live in Oviedo, you know. I mean, you know, live from the Charge On Tour, here's Trace Trelka. I don't know if you're allowed to broadcast any of that stuff, but, you know, we're we're here for you. Yeah, that'd be the only way I could do the 27th. Maybe that'll be something if Dan returns my calls or emails. 
uh, following the restraining order <laughs> issued against UCF Mike in South Florida. At pending, uh, guys, it's only pending. They can always take yeah. those things back. Guys, we uh, we may not be the number one rated, but we're going to be big boomers, uh, number one uh, UCF podcast, right? Uh, by the way, I enjoyed I that photo I... with UCF problems, Mike. Uh, uh, your little, your little dig. Did you? Nah. What'd you say to him, by the way? Probs is a good guy. I, I've hung out with Probs a couple times. So we went to the game in Boca a couple years ago. We tailgated together. Um, I saw him the, at the other game in Boca against BYU. I went down and hung out with him for a few minutes. So it's not the first time I've met him. Uh, yeah, you know, he was supposed to go with his uh, podcast partner, Money Move, but he, he bailed. And my other daughter wasn't feeling well, so her and my wife stayed home. So I had extra seats at my table. I told him come over. He sat with us, and we just hung out the rest of the night. Cool guy. I, I like props. He's a good one. You should have interviewed him. That would have been entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I told him we, we might do a crossover episode one day. There, Money Moo. You know, Money Moo likes to do the picks, and, and I do my picks. Who, who knows? Maybe there's something in the future there. You should interview this beard sometime. Because you, you seem like you really enjoyed. <laughs> I think that's the new logo for the show. Just bring <laughs> that be. up. Just roll that up uh, as you do the music. All right, guys, it has been fun for Adam and Mike. I am Trey Strolko for the Sons of UCF Live. Go Knights! Charge on. Charge on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.